Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers, episode 173. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. All right, man, what'd you get down to doing this week? Well, uh, my sister and I, we actually threw a surprise 40th anniversary dinner for our parents. It was really nice. Had a nice little private room at a nice fancy Italian restaurant. Had my father's uh, brother and his wife come, my aunt and, and, and our cousin and his wife. And it was just like a small, intimate gathering. Let me ask you something. Yes. Did you remember your parents' anniversary or did your sister? Who planned this? We both did. Julie Who's did Who's a idea? little bit more. Okay, that's Julie. The only reason I ask is because Ju- like this is this is very much more of Julie's uh, shtick. On September nineteenth, it was my it was my parents. But also, she has the bankroll to like think about these outlandish things. Because my God, that was a three hundred dollar night right there so, <laughs> for me alone. <laughs> so on September nineteenth, it was my parents, and I, I remember being at work, and I looked at at the calendar in the corner of my computer, and I was like, "Huh, nineteenth? That seems." I should remember something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and well, you know why it's easy because their anniversary yeah. is the exact same day as my sister's birthday. I started right. That, that's the thing. So I started. So it's roll- so easy for me. I started rolling through like, all right, uh, me and Lauren get started dating on this day. We got engaged on that day. We got uh, we and we got married on this day. So it's none of our days. And I was like, and I know I know when her birthday is. And then I was like, no, my mom's birthday is this day. My dad's birthday is. That. I didn't forget anything. I was like, no, I'm I'm good. And I go to my parents' house on on Saturday for dinner and. And my mom was talking about about their anniversary and how many years they've been married, and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> but was it like a big number? Like it was like a milestone number? Uh, let me see. Because I mean, my parents were. I mean, it's their fortieth. They were together for seven years before they got married, so they've been together technically for forty-seven years. No, nah, I think it's like thirty-nine years or something like that. I don't know. They got married in nineteen eighty-one. I know that. So there okay, <laughs> there you go. I think it's it's some fair enough. Maybe it's some sort of milestone. I don't know. Maybe they got married in nineteen eighty, and it's yeah, still, and it's twenty. And it's whatever. It's thirty nine years. But I, I I just don't remember. I don't. But <laughs> that's what I wanted normally to know. They're, normally they're not that big of a deal. But right, but I mean, like like what's the point of celebrating your your parents' anniversary, right? Like that, that's my dad's fucking job, right? And everyone's like, no, you have to celebrate it too because you wouldn't be alive without it. I was like, hold on. <laughs> My parents could have had Let me. Let me stop you right there. My parents could have had me without getting married. Yeah. Okay. I'm an example right here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your parents, my parents' marriage has nothing to do with whether sperm meets egg. Okay. Right. Like, right. Come on. This isn't the 1800s. And even yeah. then it wasn't. I mean, it's very close this to it. This is 2019, friend. <laughs> so you guys went out. You guys had a lovely, a, a lovely, a lovely it dinner. It was perfect. Drinks. Perfect. They, complete, they were completely surprised. We were all hidden. It, they were expecting to just have dinner with uh, my sister and her husband. And. And they were just going to like, yeah, we're going to throw, like, you know, we're just going to take you out for dinner for your anniversary. It's part of their gift. And then we were hiding in that private room that they had, uh, that we had. Um, and, and we just, you know, had old photos of their parents getting married and old photos when they were dating, you know, like these old like so this photo was, booth photos. That this we was found. the private room at the Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> La Stala in Newtown, Pennsylvania. It's the only nice place Italian you and restaurant. your family go to. It's the only place, I swear. It's, it's not. It's just Branch where my, it's, no, no, it's actually where my sister and her husband goes to all the time because that is like branch out you know 
That's it's it's still Italian food microwaved by illegals. It is beautiful there. <laughs> it's very it's, it's very, probably the most beautiful Italian restaurant in the area. It's aesthetically pleasing, but it's still Italian food microwaved I by agree. immigrants. Well, I, well, look. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> look, I like their food. It's not the greatest Wait, I'm sorry, Italian hard working immigrants because they're pushing a button, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the, the greatest chef at that place is the industrial microwave that's Aren't in the back. wheel. <laughs> So uh, yeah. I, I cut my hair recently, and uh, while I was cutting it, it, it's not like I was finding like new gray hairs or anything. I was just like, my hair is a whole lot lighter. Like it is just a whole lot lighter than it used to be. Like I used to have pretty dark chestnut hair, and now my hair is like an auburn. Like it's it's, it's a lighter shade of brown. And I was like, this is it, man. I'm not gonna go gray. I know it. It's just gonna go white. <gasps> See, I'm fucking jealous of you. Uh, I wish I had that. No, thin. Oh no, no. Oh, God, I want no. pure white hair. I don't want salt and pepper. I want pure white hair. Uh, see, I'd rather have the salt and pepper. Oh no, salt and pepper is my I'll beard. I'll swap with you. In my a beard second. is my beard's doing this weird thing where it's growing like racial ghoul, like <laughs> like white spots. <laughs> where like if I grew it out, I could get like the the racial the racial ghoul. That like, could be really cool. Right? Yeah, but like uh, there's there's even spots on either side of my face where like it looks like I don't have any beard there, but when you get close, you're like. Oh, it's just two crazy weird white spots of hair and it's yeah. like yeah so I when you just, watch us on youtube yeah. you're gonna be able to see our, our ever-changing uh <laughs> our ever-changing features <laughs> yeah. your crow's feet that are getting deeper than a grand canyon oh, and, and my, my hair. bald spot that's growing like by the mile every fucking week i feel like my Jeez. my hair that'll be that'll be slowly turning white uh, other than other than my my haircut which is exactly the same haircut that i've had for for a while but uh it's nothing new it's just uh i don't like the way my head looks when my hair starts growing out because like it looks like a chode like it just looks like my head just my hair grows out it doesn't grow down or anything so so it just continuously grows and out it's funny because i've been growing my hair out yeah no need for that so jay let's get into what are you watching what are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, ain't watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. To get down to watching anything interesting this week, anything that you would like to discuss uh, before we start getting into our show proper here? Uh, not really. I watched like a stand up and, you know, I, I revisited Mission Impossible Fallout just because I felt like watching a nice, just a nice, easy, fun action movie. Um, I just feel like I have not been watching too much of fun, lighthearted movies lately. You never do. Yeah, it's rare. Period. So <laughs> it's, it's rare. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed myself. I well, thought it was a good time. Awesome. Also watching a double feature of of 2001: A Space Odyssey. Right, I think I'm still. Um, and sh- and I still have that here. hangover yeah. right now. Yeah. I, I got that double feature hangover still going on. I think with me, but um, yeah, and and obviously two showings of the Joker, uh, which we'll be getting into a little bit later. I saw it twice. I saw it opening night with Dave, and and then I revisited it on uh, late Sunday night as well, just because I felt like I needed to not so much needed, but I really wanted to watch it one more time before yeah. the review, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good for a little while. I think after so. That. Yeah, you and I, we we got here. We came here. We in the theater and we watched 2001: A Space Odyssey because in our top five uh, realistic space movies in uh, in anticipation for Ad Astra, we we watched it up here on the big screen. And then you watched it, so we did a Patreon episode on 2001. And then because we were just on a Kubrick roll, we decided to really fuck our psyches oh, yeah. and watch The Shining right afterwards until two o'clock in the we morning. We were in the Kubrick zone, and then like it left me in a in a depressive funk for a few days afterwards when Cameron was in Egypt's land let my Cameron go but 
after that, I continued the depressive funk, Jay, because I watched Midsommar. Yeah, you know. The, the the film that you watched several months ago, the horror film uh, from from the director of Hereditary. You finally saw I it. I did. I did watch it. Yeah. So I saw it. I saw it on Tuesday, which which the day it came out. And I gotta say, man, like as boring as it started out, I it, it was you know it kept me interested because of the of the relationship between uh, between the guy and the girl and stuff sure. like that. I think the only difference between that one and Hereditary was that. This one, it was very plain and clear what was going on in this movie from before they even get to Sweden. Like, I, I, I immediately, when the kid's like, we're going to go back to our village. And they're like, oh, you lived in a commune. I was like, all of you people are not going to like this trip. Like, you're not going to like this trip. It's, okay. <laughs> I yeah. It's very, it's, it's, it's all very, very upfront. Like, I was like, there's, that's true. There's no mystery box here. Like, Hereditary had a mystery box and it started opening up, you know, by each act, a little bit more was getting revealed until the end when everything somewhat makes sense. <laughs> this one, the, the, the ending, like, the, there, there's no ambiguity to it whatsoever, except for maybe a smile on a certain character's face as the, as it fades out. But other than that, like there was no ambiguity to it it was everything that i thought it was going to be and was still found it beautiful didn't really find it scary or haunting or anything like that because i i think it's just most meant to be like just uh, impressionistic and and you're supposed to get this vibe and this feeling and lived in feeling of uh just what the fuck yeah super and and just not knowing what's going on really well done visual effects like like special uh oh sure you know practical effects special effects you know really 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 well done i mean you see heads getting smashed in with with hammers uh you see a filleted man with his lungs hanging out like Mm -hmm. a freaking which they totally stole from hannibal the tv series that's a that's 100 percent something i remember watching hannibal the tv series people having sex and being chanted for oh yeah uh, women push thrust <laughs> Yo, what is what is up with this director and like like he just has a thing for just just pear-shaped old people being uh, naked on on screen he's just got a thing for it. it i don't know if, man like if if i had any chance of getting lucky that night like it wasn't happening like no not that night remade, that, that's actually not for a week probably yeah, after that scorned into my head right into my head so much gray bush jay at the end of the film there was so much wool in that room that you could knit a sweater it was it was it was gross uh yeah so, I, I mean honestly like i told you like it was it was a hard movie to watch i mean it was it was one of those things where i i i I enjoyed it i i knew it was something special i just didn't know exactly how to how to how to really touch on my feelings and my impressions on it in in a grade i would just give it a a review that's it it's 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 a b movie i'm never going back i gave it it a b as well i did so i did think it was too long other than that yeah it definitely the third act drags like it, it 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 drags a lot were you rushing or were you dragging so other than that, I watched a lighthearted film, though. I did manage to, to find time to watch a lighthearted film. I watched Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. <laughs> it is technically like the sequel to Teen Titans Go to the movies okay. last year. Uh, but this one is just direct-to-video, and it involves the old Teen Titans, for the ones that, that I grew up watching when I was in high school that was on Cartoon Network. And it, and it has them meet the Teen Titans of today. And, of course, they are brought to an arena to fight each other, only to find out that there is a nefarious plot by two big bads. And both the Teen Titans Go and the Teen Titans have to team up travel through the multiverse to destroy this foe and they meet 
every iteration of the Teen Titans along the way. Look, for me, it's a it's a lot of fun. If you're a big DC fan, it's a lot of fun. If you're a Teen Titans Go fan or you like Teen Titans Go to the movies, it's perfect. Uh, it's out on video now and it will be coming to the DC streaming app pretty soon. If that's nothing that tickles your fancy, just avoid it like the plague because you're not going to get it. You're not going to like it. Just like Teen Titans Go to the movies. Boo, 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 yeah, 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 boo, yeah. Okay. But it is appropriately meta humored. Like, I I love the meta jokes, especially you know the the way they're, they they poke fun at their own at their own universe and stuff like that. It, it it brings a levity to it that I really enjoy. And then I just I also just find the randomness of the comedy just I like it. You know it it's it's something that I can sink into, shut my brain off, and just laugh at. So that's it for what I watched this week, Jay. Let's head over and let's find out what news we got in Hollywood this week. First news story that we're going to have this week. Box office news. No surprise here. Joker is the number one film and has broken the record for October releases as far Beating, as box office uh, goes. Venom, I believe. It beat, it beat out Venom from yes. last year. Uh, and it, it is the highest grossing R-rated film in the fall season as well. So good on Joker for that. We'll discuss our review later on in the episode. But, you know, it beat out Abominable, which is the animated, the DreamWorks animated film. Uh, and finally, Jay... Downton Abbey has been, uh, and I have to correct it because you and I kept saying Downtown Abbey, like because we're American, so we don't say Downton Abbey. But is it really? It's it's Downton Abbey, yeah. And, and duty Ugh. duty had to correct me. All uh, right, well, thanks, duty. I yeah, guess. Yeah. I so, mean, <laughs> so finally, Downton Abbey has been has been dethroned, and then following it up, rounding it out in the top five was Hustlers and It Chapter Two, hanging on. Ad Astra is now out of the top five in the box office. Next news story. All right, just to keep rolling on the Joker news, uh, I find this one a little odd to me because it is completely contradictory to everything that has been told to us thus far. So apparently Joaquin Phoenix has said in an interview that he is open to a sequel, which has me confused because he's the guy that doesn't do sequels, right? And then I checked into it. He's apparently never said anything about a sequel to the film at all. Todd Phillips has said, no, there's... There's, there's nothing after this. Like this is this is it. This is a one-off. But Joaquin Phoenix himself has never said anything. We okay. just know him as a guy who doesn't do sequels, pretty much, right? Which was part of the reason why he turned down Doctor Strange. Right, exactly. He was he was on the short list for Doctor Strange, first pick for Doctor Strange, and I believe even it was it was negotiations yeah, and everything. It was, it was it was pretty far along. Yeah, and then and then he pulled out because he didn't I, want to sign to this multi-picture deal. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, if if he. <laughs> Joaquin, it's not in his nature to do sequels, right. obviously, because he's never had done one, but he doesn't necessarily need to either. Right. And honestly, it really wouldn't make too much sense. I think he could have said it just to, you know, maybe he is open to it. I well, don't know. I, I mean, mean read, the, you know, it's one of those things where you never want to say never, never say never. I think if you read right. between the lines, it has to be the right director, the right script. Like it sure. has to feel right, right? Like yeah. it has to, it has to feel right for him. And Todd Phillips definitely won't be coming back for another one. So they'd have to get a new right. director. Uh, and, and, but I don't and think it's one of those things and, where Warner Brothers have that in his contract. Where, no. Like, they're forcing him to do a sequel no 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 
Now, this, is a one, this is a one-time contract. It's a one-time yeah. contract, Absolutely. and it is an open-door policy, I'm sure. If they find a project that's a good sequel follow-up that he would be interested in doing, then maybe they would say yes. Next news story. Let's keep rolling with some DC news here. Uh, Jay, during New York Comic Con, there was a group of people. Me, you and I are familiar with this group of people. They are the hashtag release the Snyder Cut. These are these are the fans that are looking for the, the Zack Snyder Cut of 2017's Justice League. Since it's been known that it's done, they were they have been pushing hard for this to be released. Now, this, mostly in their therapy. They said during <laughs> New York <laughs> their therapy groups. Mostly <laughs> Which, which are just chat groups on Twitter. I'm in a few of them. Uh, it's just fun to watch things go, go just, just devolve. You know, release it, please. And they all argue over the merits of Hollywood and how. Is Hollywood it really going to be that much better? No, it's not. No. It's not. But they're, they're so into it that they bought advertising space in Times Square. They I actually, can't believe it. I know. I saw it. They it's, crowdfunded it. They got enough money to, to get a hashtag release the Snyder Cut. I have no idea. In Times Square. At which least 25 is grand probably, right? Well over that. Yeah, it's got to be well over that. Yeah. That is an expensive ad proposition, but they did it. They did it. So I got to say, you know, like, hey. good on them. And I think that's what Warner Brothers should do. Warner Kudos. Brothers. I really like, and I'm going to put it on Warner Brothers here. Everybody can can crowdfund the, the release of the Snyder Cut. Warner Brothers keeps none of the profits of it. And gives it all the charity. Mm, Everybody wins. And the only people that get it are the people that want it. And it makes Warner Brothers look good, right? Right. Because and that you give it away to charity. You know, Warner Brothers could use a there's little enough positive people, cred. There's enough people that want it. They would make millions of dollars this that they true. could then donate. This is true. You know? And you and I, just for sheer curiosity and just because of our yeah, that's for charity. Our, the nature of our hobby. Right. 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 And then, we would absolutely do but what, it. But how would Warner Brothers feel if they actually did that and then it's like makes like, let's say, hundred million dollars, right? Like, like let's say Let's say you pay like enough people paid twenty dollars to get the Snyder cut. I bet they have a clause in the contract, <laughs> and they made twenty yeah. million dollars, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna keep this money." And it's like, yeah. "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> it's like the Grinch. we will donate up to twenty million dollars of this movie's yeah, uh, exact profits, profits exactly. Anything ex- <laughs> exceeding that, we keep. <laughs> <laughs> Next news story. So just recently, Vince Gillian has been going. Um, through the you know the promotional circuit uh, promoting Netflix's original film El Camino starring Aaron Paul the the great Breaking Bad series okay um, I'm, I'm not wrong you said Gillian and I'm sitting here and I Gilliam? was like I was like nope it's it's definitely Gilligan and then I was like maybe I'm wrong so I looked it up while you were talking and I was like nope it it's Gilligan? totally Gilligan like you know bucket hat you know best what friends of it? the skipper <laughs> okay you're right. only supposed to be a three hour torch eh. <laughs> My it's, bad. It's Vince Gilligan. Okay. Anyway, continue. Sorry, I have yes. to correct you before Duty corrects us. Later. I understand. That's true. Duty. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know I'm not good with this. Shit. He doesn't watch Breaking Bad. Don't worry about it. Continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually confirmed the big question: whether or not Walter White died at the very end of the series finale. Yes or no? Did he die? And he confirmed yes. Very smart. Tempering all of our expectations before going into it on Friday. Well, right. Because I think that was the big question mark yeah. looming over right. this project. Like, like, this is not. It would be a big problem for people who are going into it just being like, man, I hope it's going to end with right. a this, I this, am this Heisenberg is, type right. moment. This is straight up Jesse's story. Yeah. This is his personal movie um, following the proceedings of what happened in, in I, Breaking Bad. It would have cheapened Breaking Bad the it entire have series if he was alive. It. And I'm so happy that he did confirm it. I think it was smart. 
And I think it's actually, it's just fitting. I would troll everybody if I made this movie. And I at the end credits, I would have Walter White show up. Like, just like at the end of- Just the hat, like the just, silhouette. Just like the end of, 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 of uh, the 2013 Evil Dead, where like it ends with Bruce Campbell going, groovy. <laughs> <laughs> I, would just, I would just have Walter White come out, like silhouetted. And you just hear, I am Heisenberg. And I'd be like, oh! <laughs> I am the danger. Yeah. No, and then, and everyone be like, oh my God, Walter White's alive. And, and Vince Gilligan would be like, and I retire. <laughs> Never again. Because uh, that's just who I am, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for the movie. It'll be fun. Next news story. All right, Jay, I want your input on on this, right? So uh, we learned that Warner Brothers is going to be making a Matrix 4. Reportedly, you know, at least Keanu Reeves will be back for it. But now they're talking about casting two or, or three or how many they need younger actors to play Morpheus and Neo and, and, and possibly Trinity when they were younger. The only thing I can think of is time right but we've seen de-aging technology being done to pretty you know good effect at this point like wow doesn't I, that i we're not talking p- possibly like 20 years old keanu reeves they're, they're probably thinking maybe like 13 14 15 16 or something like that i don't know but the point is it's easier it's I, so much time and money to, to be doing all this de-aging crap it's not worth it it's just not i, I think i think what it what, what this is telling me is that this story is going to possibly be undoing some things that have been done with with a little that's bit possible. of time travel. It's possible, and that's possible. But I think it's also going to be tapping into a whole different kind of dimension and different world. That's what I'm thinking too. Because possibly you know, the Matrix itself has rebooted. It's going, and it's going to expand, right? You know, it's going to open up our our eyes and our minds to a whole different kind of world, and it's it's exciting. But I think people that should you know who are thinking that. Um, oh, Keanu Reeves is not going to be in this movie. No, he yeah, will definitely be in this movie. Don't be thinking that way. It, it's just something that they're going to be expanding upon. And I guess they're going to be doing some time shifts or time elements <laughs> related with this movie. Because when you ended your story the way you ended it and there's nowhere to go oh, forward, God. you yeah. have to go backwards. <laughs> and that's, of course, <laughs> which is the problem that every franchise runs into eventually. And, it seems and, like. and, and when you really think about it, they have endless possibilities, really. Sure, because it's a it's a made up world, so you can just make up whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. Time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Look, 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 it's, it's time travel. Either all of it's a joke or none of it is. <laughs> Next news story. Martin Scorsese has said that all those Marvel movies, those superhero films, all of those out there, that is not cinema. <sighs> so. Let's have a debate. Jay, is Marvel and DC, are these superhero movies, are they cinema? I th- I think I know what he was referring to and what he means by that quote. I 100% know what he means. He means that they're not art. Right. Right. I get that. He's a classic old school guy. And I know his idea of what cinema is to him. And these movies are not that. But... But there was a time where his, when his movies were coming out in the 70s, right. there were older people who remember all the skipping and fucking dancing that, that, that Gene Autry was doing back in his day. And they're like, oh. The silent films. Right. These, these dark, gritty you know characters that you're making. Buster Keaton films. Right, exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. These dark, gritty characters that you're creating in the 1970s. That's not cinema. Yeah. You know, that is, that is gorish porn that you're putting on the screen. You know, yeah. you're glorifying violence with Taxi Driver. Yeah. And, and, and with, with his gangster films and stuff like that that so so i mean but but i i I disagree because from what i've gotten from marvel has been cinema for the most part i mean this is i mean honestly 
Endgame is one of my favorite films of the year so far. I think so. It's, it's in my top five. I'll tell you that right now. Is it? Is it the same now? Like, is it in a different category than Scorsese cinema? Well, sure, of course it is. I mean, it, you can't really compare the two. Right, but like, it's right. it's but one of those things where it's not Speed Racer. You know, it's not some fucking Looney Tune looking crazy movie on the screen right. that's giving you a headache. I just think it's interesting it's that this that. comes out when when it's, when Joker releases because that is far removed from from the capes and tights and 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 all and all the the, the type of stuff that Marvel's done and DC's done previously. But it's still in one of those worlds, sure. sort and, of. And to we'll be honest, get into that. <laughs> but and for the most part, the superhero genre is tapping into a little bit more of a quote unquote cinematic, right? type picture now a la joker this right? obviously has spurred some some controversy because he was specific about marvel movies number one it's just an easy target right right and uh, of course because when you're on top like it's an easy target now a lot well, of people have said he's jealous of their box office and stuff like that nah, and the fact that he couldn't know. get the irishman made to be released in cinemas even though it is being released in cinemas but just so it could be nominated should that happen um, i think for like a month or so yeah exactly but robert downey jr you know obviously Obviously was on Howard Stern and that question was asked of him and his response was just it was very mundane he goes well they're they're shown in cinemas aren't they <laughs> like, <laughs> that's classic then they are cinema in that. And, and he even said yeah. like he's like that's like saying that Howard Stern isn't radio because he's on Sirius XM so he's not radio right Right, right. Because it's a different medium. No, right. it's right. it's you're not comparing apples and oranges. You're comparing Granny, Granny Smith apples to Macintosh. Like that's all you're doing here. Just I, two different brands of the I same thing. And now, I, do you consider this radio? No. What we're doing? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because we aren't paid to do this, Jay. <laughs> This I, is. I feel like radio has a level of well, professionalism getting, to but it. But if if we're getting paid, do you think this is called radio? No, I think podcasting is its own thing. I think it's 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 its own thing. We don't. Uh, radio is produced. This is not produced. This okay. is me and you. But it's produced by us. It's produced by us. But 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 we don't like. They're, they're, okay. And this this goes yeah, out to it was, it was just something I I say it to some older people who don't know exactly what podcasting that's different. is. You're making a and comparison, I explain, right? And that's usually how I bring it up sometimes is like, well, this is our own independent style of a radio show. Right. That's you know, like when is- I explain things to you. I use right. it in terms that I know you are going <laughs> to understand. See? And I don't use any words that are more than five letters. Thank you. <laughs> that's this is it. why you're one of my best friends. You know me all too well. Right. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to confuse you. You know, I don't want to see that look on your face. The one where your, where your eyebrow kind of goes up, but your head sinks down a little bit and uh. you get a little wry <laughs> smile, like right. And where it's like, oh, uh, I don't know whether I, I just broke spaced him. out. I don't know whether I broke him or he's just he's just still processing. And then you then you pop up and you say something like, "Oh, there he is. He came back." It's like you're like a robot that needed to reboot. <laughs> It's 100% true. <laughs> All right. I think I think we're done talking about this. Obviously, you know, James Gunn was very upset. In fact, he took it more personally than I think anybody else because he was a huge Scorsese fan. And now oh, to yeah, hear, a little heartbroken. Yeah, uh, to hear Scorsese kind of like rag on the type of films that he makes it really upset him. And, uh, you know, he made some comments on Twitter. Nothing too inflammatory. He's probably not going to be fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 yeah. again or anything. And, but, you know, Samuel Jackson also came out and had a few things to say. But, you know, in the end, I think Martin Scorsese is entitled to his opinion. And let's face it, he's got the Irishman coming out. So making this comment and getting people talking about it every time this shows up on a news feed on the Internet, they're going to say director of the Irishman, you know, the Irishman due out October such and such on Netflix. getting into the zeitgeist more. Exactly. Because nobody's talking about it except people like Jay Short. Even (laughs) 
Well, even if you're not even interested or even liking this movie, because let's be honest, it's three and a half hours long. There's going to be a lot of people who's going to be watching that movie, hour and 15 minutes, it click yeah. off, switch at, into something else. At least 2001 had the goddamn courtesy to boom, give us an intermission. They got their money. <laughs> exactly. That's all it takes. They don't even give a fucking shit if you finish the whole movie. Well, they've already gotten their-, their They already got it. They've already gotten their money. I mean, like the subscription's already there. So they, yeah, of course- yeah, But they doesn't like the money. clicks have something to do with something? I don't know. Maybe no, not. But no, it just shows its popularity and stuff like that i mean they already they, they already got they, they can see an influx of people coming in there might be people who come in just to see this one thing and i don't know a lot of older netflix um, has always been cagey about their numbers right like every new movie that comes sure. out seems to break some record of theirs but i you know it well they may, they lose a lot of money yeah absolutely so a lot of money let's let's end this discussion because we've got one more to do next news story all right, Jay, this is the final news story. You brought this one to my attention. There are some people who are boycotting or or at least just abstaining from campaigning for Oscars. Yes. So earlier, about like a month ago, maybe a little longer than that, Brad Pitt was asked if he was going, because he had a lot of good buzz coming out with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and his performance in that, and then also the upcoming Ad Astra. And then during press for Ad Astra, he was asked, like, are you going to be campaigning for, you know, such and such roles if it gets, you know, hyped so, up and he was like no i'm not as a guy who who is oh you know you're you're into the awards and stuff like that you sure. know a little bit more about about the behind the scenes than i do or most average people do what is like when someone goes out and campaigns for an oscar are they given blowies like behind the uh, yoga well studio, that is or? part of it sometimes part of it? Okay. yeah um but honestly it's it's mainly just more press more okay. cocktail parties you have to show to more just people in hollywood and 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 press people related to that that you have to constantly just put your face out there oh so it's like so it's, it's like, like us on forced, social media we're like like sort us of. like us we're nice guys you know yeah it's it's, it's yeah. You're, you're putting yourself out there in the limelight more right. pimping your product out right that's and, really all it is and just like we do on social media but in, in reality while we're nice on social media you and i are actually total insufferable pricks <laughs> <laughs> And I think most people who know us personally would describe us as such. <laughs> Probably. Whereas I feel like Robert Downey Jr. used to be an insufferable prick, but mm. now he's kind of an okay guy. He's just a little stuck up. <laughs> well, he knows if he stays in the limelight for too long, it's going to come back it's out. It's going to come back out. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to fade away. And, right and Brad Pitt, honestly, you know, he he's recovered from right. now, now, a lot of tarnish now, over the last that few years. This, do you think like this is a, like a statement by them about the awards and about- I think or is I this think more than anything, they just don't care. I think that's what it comes down to. Knowing both of these guys, like they've these guys are they've been in the business for so long. They came up together in the ranks. They have all the money in the world. They, you know, have their own production company. Like, like they don't need they don't need it. They don't need this 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 nonsense. Like they they're they're good. You know, let the let it speak for itself. And to be honest, it could actually help them and do them something. You know, do a favor for and them. And one hundred percent, the Oscars is absolute. You know, nonsense. Maybe, right, right. And and we're seeing that a little bit more and more nowadays. Yeah. And honestly, I I do think that Brad Pitt the best has the don't best win. chance to get nominated this year, other than Danny Jr. and Joaquin Phoenix. No, I'm just saying right. um, from the, between those two guys, you know, for this Oscar. In chance, fact, but. in fact, tune in in one to two weeks when Joaquin Phoenix announces that he will not be campaigning for an Oscar. Well, he doesn't really campaign anyway. Well, he tries not to, <laughs> but he probably will for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's going to do it for our news this week. We're going to head over and we're going to get ourselves into a trailer park. We have the Birds of Prey trailer. Jay, you and I, we didn't record, uh, you know, current stuff last week because we did we did uh, movie cocktail. So we missed the boat on Birds of Prey. So I, we want to weigh in a little bit and just talk about the Birds of Prey trailer. And then, of course, we got new trailers for Six Underground, which mm-hmm. is the Michael Bay film that is going to be coming directly to Netflix starring Ryan Reynolds and then finally uh, during New York Comic Con and now been released onto the internets there is The King's Man which is the prequel to the Kingsman series and uh, there's a few things in there that I would like to discuss so let's head over and let's get into our trailer park cut the beat and let the music play no trailer park shout out to Dave and Jay I don't serve but there's a new wave we've been on since God saved the right style I don't wanna flow until I know that the bass drop. Welcome back to Trailer Park. I hope you're enjoying the intro music from our good friend Thomas Iannucci. He's got a new song that just dropped this past Friday, so head over to Spotify. Check out his music over there. It's Thomas Iannucci. want to thank him for giving us that Trailer Park music. We Thanks, can't bud. thank him enough. I think we thank him just about every episode that we do at Trailer Park. But, I mean, I really do enjoy that music. That's why it's on I know, here so absolutely. Much. And he's a good friend. So, uh, first up, I wanted to just get this one out of the way because it was the one that came out almost like a week and a half ago at this point. It's the Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. The Joker and I broke up. I wanted a fresh start. But it turns out I wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. So this trailer kind of starts off like really selling that the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. She may be the subtitle of the film, Jay, but she is very much clearly the star of the movie. And I think that. that Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, uh, it could just be the trailer. I don't think so. I don't think it is. No, it's definitely not. She was clearly your only reason for going to see Suicide Squad. And she's the only performance that looks like they may survive through that, with the exception of Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, who will also be in the Suicide Squad, which Mm -hmm. confuses me. Because if you're going to get rid of anybody's performance, why can't we just get rid of his? What about? We call it the the. I'm sorry, <laughs> the, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> the Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, but other than her, I mean, female wise, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is the only female that I know who is actually the, who's going to be in the part of this ensemble female cast. Who's actually the character in this film, the Huntress, who I am most interested in seeing. And this trailer cool. gave us not a whole lot of her at right, all. Right. There is a nun praying a, a, at one point in the trailer, and I believe that that may have some connection to Helena. Uh, Bertinelli and also the fact that there we see moments where they're kind of like shooting up guys in suits and stuff like that she is 
from a mob family. So I'm assuming those guys in suits who are getting shot up, who who look very clearly Italian or possibly Jewish, but probably Italian, yeah. are, are definitely like the Italian mob of Gotham getting shot up by them. It, th- that may be her introduction to it, is that she's killing these mobsters. But we don't get a whole lot of her in the trailer. And then you get a little bit of moody and brooding Ewan McGregor as right. the Black Mask, but like that's that's about it. You don't see it too too much. That's the thing that really bothered me. Like I wanted I wanted this trailer to end with Ewan McGregor in the Black Mask. He's called the Black Mask, but I don't see him in a. If this movie goes off and doesn't have a Black Mask in it, now there is the Mask Society that's going on in this, where um you know we see we see the people wearing like these animal masks who are coming in to attack them. That's from the comic books. Black Mask was part of that society, and they are like his henchmen. They are like his lieutenants yeah. and stuff like that. So we do see that at the end of the trailer. So I'm assuming that since we're getting like this whole this this whole mask theme going on that he will eventually don the black mask i'm hoping at some point in the film but to have a guy named black mask and not have the black mask on kind of bothers me but again okay is he our main villain if so i, I don't so. really see it you like that's the problem like part of this movie there's so much action so much craziness going on so much shooting up it's like okay well, why like what is this for who right. are you shooting what, what what is going on who is this villain? Who is this person that's going after you girls that you guys are trying to fight for your, you know, your honor and, so he's and the, fight for your survival? Like I, I just didn't, I didn't understand what the hell was going on. It's a big splash of color and femininity, or you know, feminine um, anger and 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 trying to re- like revenge and just trying to get their their lives back together and See, fight for vengeance. I actually, and, I actually like that aspect of the trailer. Like I like the idea that like it starts off. I like the idea, but. I just didn't understand why. I like, like that this starts no off with her it. saying like her and Mr. J broke up and stuff okay, like that. Sure. Okay. We get images of her like performing in the club. There's some of them where we're not sure whether it's really in her her head or whether it's really happening because just like we'll talk about in Joker, uh, our Joker review later on, she is an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Right. So uh but she you know, she's performing at Black Mask's club, which is like the front for his criminal sure. organization. Uh, but she's also going through this emancipation right like she she just broke up with the joker and there are a lot of people who have wronged her and there's a lot of wrongs that are going on in gotham she's kind of a lost soul she's not really sure where she's heading but there are other people who are lost too and they're going to come together and they're all going to have a common enemy to fight together and that's how the birds of prey are going to come together and you know rosie perez who's playing renee montoya who is a gotham city police officer more than likely she will jump into her role as the question who is a a superhero esque a private investigator known as the question in the DC comics she'll probably take on that role in this film because she's more than likely fed up with the Gotham City Police Department and their inability to fight these type of uh, crimes. Towards the end of the trailer, we get to see Harley Quinn driving in a car as she as she gives that that, that like little monologue where she's like, never call a woman a chick, you know? You can call her all these different things. You can even call her a bitch, but never call her, and sometimes yeah. even a bitch, and you can never call her a chick. That is Cassandra Kane. She will go on to be a Batgirl at some point, you know, so so like she very much has her place here sure. as well. Uh, that, what backstory they're going to be using for her, 
I'm not entirely sure, though. But again, it's like an uh, unknown right. actress, right. you know, and Ella then, J. Basco. I don't know her from anything, so right, you know, good for her. Uh, and and you know, there's there's the the final person that we see a lot of is Journey Smollett Bell, who is playing Dinah Lance, the Black Canary. Uh, she seems to be the first person that Harley Quinn is going to have contact with because she's very much in that underground, and she might be trying to take down the Black Mask because she is a hero, Jay. Like she is, she is eventually the wife of the green arrow who uh as obviously a superhero himself so it looks like that my theory for it is that she's going to be infiltrating black masks organization so that she could take black mask down harley quinn's going to find out about it and because she needs a new obsession now that mr j is gone she's going to jump right on in they're going to get the rest of the cast of characters together and they're going to go on a bloody rampage throughout gotham's underworld leaving you know just absolute destruction in their wake but what really gets me about this trailer the things that i really like seeing it all comes from margot robbie it all comes from her performance she was like i said she she was the parts that i liked of the suicide squad movie and it looks like she's going to be the majority of what i enjoy here dc has fulfilled it you you know you got me you're gonna get me to the theaters again to see this just like i saw suicide squad i i I gotta feel like this is more of them being like you know this is our deadpool and i'm okay with that i'm sold on it in fact i sure i'm not in love with this trailer i'm not in love with what i'm seeing but i'm intrigued enough by this trailer and margot robbie's performance that i'm going to give it a fair shake and i'm going to go to the theaters and see it and hope for the best yeah, I, I'm excited because it just looks like a world of potential and fun. I think that's what it is. I just I want so, it to be good. I want. At, at, I mean, I'm just hoping that it's just one of those things where it's not too much crazy and ADD where I get bored. Right. You know, it can have that reverse aspect to it for me. But I'm optimistic. I mean, look, Harley Quinn, played by Margie, Margot Robbie, has been fantastic, and I'm looking forward to seeing her. Also, like your big, movies. your biggest Hollywood crush is Margot Robbie. So yeah, I, <laughs> she is stunning. She's gorgeous. Yeah, her her features on this big screen just pops. Right, and it um, really does. You know. And, and she, she's she's killing it, and, and her humor works, right? Like, it does. Like she's does. like, oh my god, this is like a sleepover. We should get pizza and make cosmos. Yeah, <laughs> and just like Harley, focus. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like I love. I she's love killing it. She's yeah, killing it. She, she, she completely embodies the character, and, and everybody loves her. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. that alone. And what I'm really looking forward to, Jay, is that she gets her hyena. The 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 high she in the animated series, which is where she made her debut in 1992 in Batman the animated series. She had two pet hyenas who the Joker was abusive to, but she loved, and she at least gets one of them here. So like mm. you you get to see that. Um, <laughs> it's is it weird that I'm looking forward to like a John Wick type thing just in this bastardized crazy version where it would it, fit where it's a it, it's it's kind of like a, a, an underworld assassin girl with her hyena. <laughs> like I don't know if you noticed about hyena. Is Jay, but they are absolutely vicious, and they can crush a human femur with one bite. And a human femur is 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 the hardest bone in your entire body, and they are absolutely equipped to destroy humans. And I, mm. I just seeing that hyena, I was like, I really want someone to be on the opposite end of that thing's mouth and just her <laughs> maniacally laughing. Um, <laughs> and like one of the fun things, it like might happen, like the, like we do get to see.
see some savagery from her as well. Like it's all not just fun and games, right? Because oh, like yeah. her her monologue throughout this trailer is is just like you know she says like I'm Harley freaking Quinn, and you know in the film that's going to be their one PG thirteen fuck. Like you know she's going to say I'm Harley fucking Quinn, and I like I love that moment where like she's breaking. It looks like she's breaking into a place, possibly a prison, to break somebody out who's probably going to be Cassandra Kane, and she does that like boo, where like she headbutts the screen and it's like i i'm looking for that level of savagery and fun and i'm hoping that like they give it to me i completely agree they've given me a trailer that has me hopeful for it but i don't know what the fun because we all know we love the original suicide squad trailer that we got yeah we were all we all went weekend one because that was such a well-made trailer it's marketing versus product you know the marketing sold everybody on that and the product wasn't as good the, I, the, the only thing that worries me is that this is the same. The marketing has me. But again, at the same time, this is coming out in February. So it has a lot of time between these trailers. This is not the first trailer. It's also hidden after holiday season, but just before March, which is the new summer yeah. blockbuster season. So it, it kind of makes sense in some ways that they might have something on their hands that they really are excited about. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. In February, Valentine's Day, Chicks Month. <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think that's. No, it. I. I don't think so. But I'm. But I do think that they are. Jay, that's are also, confident. I don't know if you know this. That's also Deadpool's marketing as well. Deadpool also exactly. came out right in February. And it's, and, it's the exact same vein. And and if Deadpool two was a family movie, Deadpool one was a love story. It's so. a hard, gruff. <laughs> um, comic book action comedy exactly why not follow in deadpool's footsteps it's a financial success my only downside is you probably should have went for a whole you probably should have went whole ham and made this pg-13 and made this rated r that's what i was saying of course of course this this probably should have been rated r suicide squad feels like suicide squad birds of prey they feel like rated r adventures that that we as adults would be enjoying more than the kids and and I'm, i'm pretty sure it's because they're just i mean I'm not saying this as far as this is my viewpoint, but I do think it's because it's a female ensemble movie that that's why they wouldn't go the R-rated route. No, Jay, it's bright, it's colorful, it's neon, it it, it is ever it's it's somewhat '90s nostalgic, and it's feeding into the youth of today. Who that's exactly the type of shit that they're into. PG-13 is where the money's at, and that's what they need. I just that's that's look, the you truth. know me. I get really frustrated with certain things that are supposed to be and should be rated R and are not. It's the world we live in. We just, I know. But the majority of people going to the films are parents dropping their kids off at the theater so that they can buy the tickets. Yeah, and they and should be- not be going to see a movie like this. And they're be- they're between the ages of, of 12 and, and 19. And that's that's the majority of the people going to the theaters. You and I are in the outliers, buddy. We, we are very vastly approaching that 35 age range where studios are like, we're not making movies for you anymore. <laughs> You're going to get one or two a year. Here's Downton Abbey. Now shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into our next trailer, Jay. We're going to get into the Michael Bay Netflix original film, Six Underground. What if I told you I know what happens when you die? You become a ghost. No more criminal records. No more office parties. Our stupid weddings. The best part of being dead is the freedom. No policies or politics. No one touch is mine. We answer to no one. We don't even care. 
out some truly evil people. He's stuck on the stairwell. Guys, I got a bad idea. Don't have bad ideas. I have good ideas. Was that a bad guy? All right, Jay, Six Underground, directed by Michael Bay. He can't get a job in Hollywood anymore, so Netflix knocked on his door. They gave him all the money they could possibly muster up from all them subscriptions, and they, they spent a little bit of it on Martin Scorsese, but since this film wouldn't be considered cinema, they gave considerably more to Michael Bay to make this film, and they gave a $150 million. Right, right, which is a full Hollywood big-budget blockbuster. Um, you know, Sure, but they... Most but they but they're not giving money like that out anymore unless it's a surefire success. And an original film. Fuck that. They are banking on by the name. Michael Bay. They are banking on the name of Michael Bay and Ryan Reynolds. And that's it. That's Net- it. Netflix has just planted the sale clearly in both of their asses. And they're just going to hope that this brings that, yeah. that this brings in the revenue. And I, I think it might. But the way this trailer it's starts. It's hard to track, with Netflix. Who knows? The way this trailer starts is with you know fast cars. There's clearly some sort of heist going on we clearly know that these six people who perform a heist fake their death go to abu dhabi and it seems like they are going to be fighting against like at some point i guess morals get the better of them and they become vigilantes fighting against the dark underbelly of the of of, of the crime world well they're off the grid you know right. they're supposed to be untraceable they're all agents dead. They're and all they're all dead. buried you know yeah they're all dead apparently they mentioned so they're, that several times throughout the trailer but yeah. this trailer very clearly like at, at the beginning when they're like performing that first heist and they're like giving you like a taste for the world the world that i feel like they're building for me is michael bay's version of the fast and furious universe like here's a couple cool cars here's some fast talking characters here's some here's some crazy bombastic outrageous action i really and and don't get me wrong i'm not saying michael bay is 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 aping the fast and furious films i'm saying that the fast and furious films have taken a look at michael page at at michael bay's diary and went yeah i could take a few of those yeah and so like it's it's kind of like where Fast and Furious was imitating that type of Michael Bay action. Now Michael Bay has come full circle and he's gone over his type of action and he's brought it back and now he's more outlandish than he's ever been. And it looks like it might be a little bit of fun along the way. With yeah, I mean, some extremely cheap dialogue with quick oh, quick. extremely cheap, extremely cheap dialogue. It could be fun. It's obviously modern, slick. It's shot in Italy. I think it's supposed to be like maybe Dubai, some locations. I don't know, but it's it it, it could. So, be were you a saying fun... this is Michael Bay's spaghetti western? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I... Who knows? But it could be good counter-programming. You know, this comes out mid-December, you know, a couple of weeks before all the big boom of all these other Hollywood movies. Yeah. It could be like, look, I want to settle in before the craziness of the holiday season. Let me throw on my Netflix and watch a Michael Bay flick, you know, or a Ryan Reynolds comedy action thing, you know, whatever. People are going to watch this. This is an easy clickbait this, movie. This is like an easy clickbait movie. This is the type of movie that like that like someone like my mom would eat up, right? Like, because my mom, my most mom, people would. My mom likes Ryan Reynolds. She she likes action movies. I like action movies. It's, I'm going to eat it up. It's, but it's I'm, very I'm, digestible. I don't know like like how much because like watching 
seeing this, I was like, oh, this is like the the one with Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac, Triple Triple Frontier. There we go. Triple Frontier. Which is more up my alley looking after this trailer. I'm like, I'd rather watch Triple Frontier than Right. This. Like watching but, this, this seems like such generic action. Now it's what the most shocking thing about it is for me. But I'm not seeing anything original or different action wise right. from Michael Bay with all this money in this day and age. That's my problem. I would like this to be as self aware enough of what it is to make it more like a con air or or a rock right or like i right. that's what and i with ryan reynolds too that's what i was hoping to see and it, it this really just looks like a very generic uh, generic action very. film that i'm gonna find some enjoyment in but in the end extremely I, forgettable it's gonna be completely forgettable which is why it's on netflix and unless, we, we can unless, watch it for free. <laughs> so less than a year from now you're gonna be seeing it in the walmart fucking box bucket of like Four ninety nine DVDs for sale. No, I, you know, like, I think a hundred percent. Like this will be like bright, where like it has extreme potential. Winds up being something completely mediocre. And in yeah, two years, had we'll something get... to say. Six Underground probably doesn't have nothing to say. No, there's nothing. There's to no say. substance. No. Bright has something of substance to say or try to say. It just didn't pull it off. No, not at all. But it's, it's getting a sequel, and I could see them doing the sequel for this too. If like, um, well, maybe because this is gonna be a potential franchise type of thing. I mean, if, if Netflix Netflix is trying to have their own Fast and Furious franchise. This is the good this route to it. go. Right. Because right? next one will be seven underground, then eight underground, then nine underground, then like I guess. 10 above and below, <laughs> and then 11. Well, I lost track. They're somewhere. It really needs <laughs> Reynolds to have some slick marketing coming up to this. I, I Yeah, I hope so. Uh, but Because you know, honestly, we'll I don't think many people know about this movie. No, no. At all. No. Not this is completely under the radar right now. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, Netflix will ramp up their 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 advertising for it. Sure, sure. On Netflix, you'll you'll get the trailer. Now, what's going to surprise me, and this is something that happens with Netflix all the time, this film will drop in December, and on the Friday that it drops, I'll log into Netflix and be like, hmm, what does Netflix have? And I'll forget the date that it's supposed to come out, and nowhere on my homepage will this be found. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to like look go on a website and look up what is new to Netflix because Netflix is notorious for never getting right like anything new for me like really never never when something like it always it's 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 there for a, a, like a good three to five days no like uh, when I go all like, the new stuff like what was like when the ranch was new Jay that had been out for a week when I jumped on it now that's a show that, oh that's a show that right. I had watched the first three seasons of or the the first the first whatever okay. parts of. I, I agree. There, there has been some things where I've, I was shocked I couldn't right. find it too easily. And yeah. a new, a new, right. a new season right. had been out for a week, and like I stumbled upon it. Yeah. By like really digging deep into my Netflix and being like, I need to find something to watch. And I was like, Oh, the ranch. And there at the bottom it says new episodes. And I was like, Huh. And then I searched when it came out, and I was like, A week ago? Why wasn't this <laughs> on my front page? Yeah. I thumbs upped it. I've watched all the seasons. Yeah. Like your algorithm yeah. doesn't tell you that this it, is what I want. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like this, this would, th this should be a film that based on what I've watched, Netflix should be like, watch this shit, motherfucker. And they'll do that with the trailer. Every time I log in, the trailer will be up there. And then when the day it comes out, it'll be nowhere to be found. And there will be something in German with subtitles and dubbed <laughs> up there instead. And I'll be like, uh, okay. And I'll probably catch this a week afterwards because Netflix algorithm sucks. All right, Jay, we got one more trailer to get into, uh, and it is the prequel to Kingsman. The world burns. You have no idea of what men are capable of. 
We must do something. I know you want to fight. But there are other ways of doing your duty. You're going to need a suit. <laughs> Come on. We are the first independent intelligence agency. Preserving peace and protecting life. Welcome to the club. Generals gathered in their masses. <laughs> Just like witches at black masses. While governments wait for orders, our people take action. Evil minds at blood destruction. Now it's time to show the world. Sorcerer of death construction. How mighty you are. Our enemies. I think we are gentlemen. But reputation is what people think of you. Character is what you are. All right, Jay, The King's Man. This is the proposed prequel that we learned about about a year and a half ago after The Kingsman Golden Circle came out. And The King's Man is starring Ralph Fiennes, who plays the Duke of Oxford, who is going to be starting the intelligence agency that goes on to yep. become The Kingsman. And he is hiring a young man named conrad who will be taking the mantle of basically the first kingsman agent and it takes place in this world that is like it looks like it's pre-world war one or on the cusp of world war one there's a moment in there where like a jeep blows up where i'm thinking that may be the assassination of archduke franz ferdinand which started what war jay world war one yeah there you go golf clap golf clap there's also another figure that we see throughout this trailer who uh, appears to be the big bad in this movie, and that one is Rasputin, Jay, who hasn't played a villain in a film since uh, Hellboy, which is directed by Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. So uh, it looks like he's going to be the big bad, and uh, he's being played by Ray Fiennes. Uh, he, you may remember him as the actor who played Dr. Kirk Connors in The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, he played the lizard. He's kind of gone away for a while, having seen him in anything probably because he was hiding waiting for his tail to grow back so he can come here and play Rasputin but he has or, the look and he feels but, or, like or Dave it's pronounced the J way which is very I fans Reese iPhones Reese iPhones iPhones look man <laughs> it is it is it is so northern it's the Europe. marriage between whatever you said and I said yeah. I, I, let's just go that way uh, but also we apologize this film uh, who's not present but it in has the an interesting cast though right it does. I mean, Aaron I mean, Taylor got- Johnson he's not even in the trailer from what exactly. I can remember Daniel Brule. Yeah, ex- I mean, oh, I saw him in the trailer. He has a monocle. Matthew Good. Daniel I mean, Bru- I love Matthew Good. I Daniel Brühl is playing a uh, German, uh, a German, uh, a German officer. Okay, I missed him. He was wearing a well, monocle. We, we did in the see trailers. Gemma Arden, Arden, yes. so that's that's cool. That's exciting. She's great. And uh, once again, it's written and directed by Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. So. 
obviously right there boom you got to be a little excited about that i am a little bit excited but while watching this trailer, he has confidence obviously with his own uh, like property uh, while watching it i was like okay so it's kingsman but like circa 1912 right like that's that's the kingsman we're getting i'm cool with that because it looked fresh enough it didn't look so the, it wasn't the bombastic sequel that the kingsman the, was the action it's, was still slick and i love the addition of like digimon but, but, but also grounded right you like, know like digimon hansu seems like he's he's going to be playing the first merlin possibly he's training it looks like he's very involved in the training of them and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so i i kind of really i kind of really like that it's probably a little bit more progressive than you would expect for 1912 having a black man you know be there that's fine um, you can overlook it yeah uh, yeah but you could overlook it because i mean they're, they're the kingsmen they're, they're they're there for the greater good, the greater good. Yeah. And, and they're there they're to, ahead of their time they're there to, <laughs> to they're pro- very progressive charles dance is playing arthur J. I, I guess ray finds even though the trailer makes you feel like he's starting the kingsman the kingsman may have already existed who knows look slick action digman hansu <laughs> Ray finds enough said. Just yeah. some, just sign some, me up. Just some gorgeous buff British <laughs> boys just solving all the world's problems exactly. with with fancy umbrellas. That's what this comes down to. It's pretty much it's it's pretty some much polished loafers. The penguin from Batman's fucking wet dream. <laughs> exactly. Maybe Ralph Fiennes will die in the same way that Colin Firth died in the original Kingsman, leading new people to come in. Or Jay, because I see Stanley Tucci in a role in this on the IMDb. That possibly Charles Dance will be in the Mark Strong kind of character, or, or possibly no, no. Arthur is the is is the head of the Kingsman. He's he's yes, yeah. You know, he's he's who I th- I think it was Michael Caine in the original one was turned out to be a bad guy. So what has it has me thinking that maybe Charles Dance will wind up being the replacement. And since we see Stanley Tucci in here, there will be some future flash forwards, perhaps. Maybe the film will be bookended by the new Kingsman squad and stuff it like. Could- do that yeah it could do that because it's the kind of world that would get away with it i really think that they that they are doing this as because a, i could see you know what you know, actually you know what i'm kind of getting excited right now okay it could come it could be almost like a storybook chapters where it can bounce around doubtful that's within the, that's going to confuse the, too the, many the people streamline of the kingsman world it's going to confuse too many people that's not it's not a tarantino film linear storytelling they will start off by rebuilding the kingsman and looking back at where the kingsman was built finding their and and, and they'll tell that story and by the end they'll the, the the kingsman will have been rebuilt and possibly charles dance is arthur and maybe stanley tucci still alive but like yeah. I, what i'm saying is i think there's going to be flash forward in the beginning to to bookend this this past tale of of the where the kingsmen have come from okay and that that's why we're seeing stanley tucci in there and possibly charles dance will be playing the the new arthur instead of maybe the arthur from the early 1900s the turn of the century arthur mm-hmm. um you know I, i'm looking forward to it so that's it that, that's all i got for the kingsmen based on what we saw from this trailer that just dropped a few days ago uh, i'm sure we'll have more news for it coming out uh in, in the next couple of weeks jay let's head over and let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode the whole th- reason that we're here is because you and i saw joker and it's a divisive film it, it seems and we got a review because for it because your love has passed me by you took me by surprise you didn't realize that i was waiting time goes Slowly, but carries on, and now the 
All right, Jay, our Joker review. You and I got to go see this together. We saw it in IMAX, much to my chagrin. I think I would have preferred to see it in Dolby. I'm a Dolby guy. You're an IMAX guy. Yeah. It's just the way it works out. You don't I like- saw it both in IMAX, but mostly, honestly, to me, I do prefer IMAX. However, when it really comes down to it is the showtimes. If the showtimes fits my schedule a little bit yeah. better in for one or the other, I'll choose the See, other. See, I'm different. I actually look for the Dolby Theater time like, and I'll yeah. make that fit because I really like the Dolby experience. It's it's really just the vibrating chairs that really... I love it. I just don't quite love sounds it. sounds so good. The, the, I, the, the, I agree. It looks and sounds the fantastic. The screen is smaller, but the picture is so much more crisper. It's I a little... Actually, it's, it. But it's a little bigger than normal. Yeah, it is. So it's, it like, is a con- it's like a combo both. It's, it's an in-between. But we did see it in IMAX and then I saw it again in just a, a regular theater. The mm-hmm. seats didn't even recline. It was dirty. Yeah. I felt like the floors were sticky because they just showed a porno and people were... Yeah, you just needed a quick fix. Right, and Pee Wee Herman was just, just, one out, was just finishing off sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely in our, our home theaters, like back corner theater, yeah. but it's the showtime that they're fit just for fin- me. They're just trying to fit every showing they possibly right. can. It's the showtime that fit for me on a Monday afternoon right after work where I was like, what's exactly. the closer showtime? I get out of work at 4.30. This one's at 4.35. All right, I'm going into the shitty number seven theater where and the floor is sticky and the seats don't recline and they have holes in them and 100 years of farts have been punched into those cushions. Oh, and God, I, yeah. And I sat in those seats. Those are the seats that I sat in. But I still, I, I, I still watched the movie again because you saw it two times um i think the first time you and i got out of this we you were pretty adamant about a clear understanding of what you thought of the movie and your opinions on it and i definitely had to chew on it i had it it sat with me i thought about it quite a bit for a good hour afterwards it's because of your fucking ruminations you know your, your your fucking witchcraft that you have to perform to understand a movie that i was like did i miss something you are the reason that i went and saw it a second time that i wasted another 20 dollars because i walked out and i went nope nope i know exactly how i feel with this film i know exactly how i felt the day i walked out of this theater well but I, I guess I needed I needed confirmation to realize that I may have some disagreements with Jay <laughs> and a lot of other people. Well, okay, so I mean, I also came across with it. I, I yeah, I didn't need to see it again. However, I did enjoy watching it the second time. It flowed a little bit better for me, and then also, you know, I I still pretty much had the same grade, yeah. maybe a slight uptick. All right, so let's get into the synopsis for it. Sure. Let me get let me get my trailer voice on for the synopsis. <laughs> Arthur Fleck lives with his mother, works as a clown for hire, and is the kind of man to bring a gun to a children's hospital. He's always battled with mental illness, but when his life begins to crumble, he remakes himself into a new persona, Joker. Not quite the crown prince of crime, but someday, maybe, maybe. Look, I don't know. The actors don't know. The studio doesn't know. And big shocker, the director doesn't even know whether this is the real Joker. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I first, my first takeaway from this film, right? was that this is Joker because the title card told me that it was, right? Like, there's a DC logo at the beginning. You ignore that. It's called Joker. Okay. You told me it's called Joker. And he calls himself Joker at a point in the movie. And other than that, the fact that there's maybe two to three mentions of the word Gotham in this movie and some other characters that exist in a Gotham universe, if you took all of that away 
this movie would stand on its own, not as a DC film, not as a Joker film. It, it, this story could exist all on its own. Now, don't get me but wrong. But do you think it would have standalone better? No, no, no. Exactly. No one would have saw this. The top of the box office, it would not have been, sir. Yeah. It, there, you know, that certainly has propelled it, for sure. But the Joker name and the DC logo and all that stuff, that is marketing and marketing alone. Well, after Jared Leto's performance of the Joker, it, there is only one direction to go, and that's up. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. And That's essentially our rock bottom Joker. So Jay, let's go through some pros and cons. I I always want to start with cons because I prefer to leave on 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 a happy note. Now I'll be honest. I think while I may have more cons on the film, I think the pros that I got outweigh the cons. But that is measured into my grading here. So okay, why don't you start off with some cons? Well, I have some cons that are spoiled, unfortunately. So well, that that's, as that's always, one of those. We're going to do spoiler free and then um, uh, and then not and then full spoilers uh, towards the end of the sure. review. So, so my my cons are mostly the fact that it's subtle. It's subtle and it's a slow burn that does a lot for the viewer to stay with this character and to really fall with the f- the flow of his downfall. And I think a lot of people struggle with that first um, I don't, a little more than a half of the movie. Well, I mean, to stay with it here, here, here's and to be thing. invested with it. This is one of my cons as well. Uh, you're basically going with my con. I used one word to describe it: boring. It is boring. The first act, the second act. See, for me, it's not boring. I can see how people right. would think it's boring. For me, I'm I, I like this kind of the, shit. So it's it's not boring to me. The first act is drawing me in a little bit. However, I never feel as an audience member, I never feel like I'm taking the downward spiral with Arthur Fleck. Like I feel like I am a voyeur watching his downward spiral. Okay, okay, and that that may be completely, you know on purpose and um, uh, that that's not really my con yeah my con is this character study does take you a while to get in with the character and by the time it ends i'm not with the character anymore right there's moments where i am sympathizing with him while he's doing terrible things but by the end i'm no longer sympathizing with him and i am just completely you're just seeing joker i'm just seeing it right right, right. I, I i am a voyeur in this story and i think that that's a purposeful i do think that that's purposeful however the setup was a little boring now don't get me wrong i i don't know how they could have done it in a way that would have made it better so i'm not sitting here suggesting they yeah, do it in yeah, any other yeah, way yeah. no i understand i think the film they made is the best film they could have possibly made in the way that todd phillips and wanted to have this i think, presented I think to us. oddly enough i just felt like i was feeling it for a lot of right movie going viewers along with me i i i was fine with it but i felt the impatience right all that stuff simmering around me for some reason it was, it was really weird that, that's because you were sitting next to me yeah. and i was <laughs> fidgeting because i was i i am a fidgeter when i'm bored i like uh, right. but uh, you know for me like being bored that doesn't mean that i'm not enjoying the experience it just means i wanted to get on with it now everything that happens in the third act was completely set up in the first two acts. Yeah. So while I was bored, but, but really quickly, if I can just it gives me a finish, I, I can easily quickly finish off my cons. I thought the, the way it ended it. So it officially ended and it could have ended two other ways pretty quickly before that. 
and I would have preferred it those two other ways than the way it did end. Are you, so I'm just I'm just gonna throw that out there. Are you are you like there was comments by Todd Phillips to saying this that this film in no ways glorifies violence and stuff like that. But are you referring to the fact that the end of this film 100% glorifies violence? Gl- glorifies no. the violence that's well, going on here. I will actually reverse that and just say that I think the way they officially ended <laughs> oh, this sorry. movie. Did you just no, catch no, no. my comment and then reverse it, sir? I did. This isn't Pokemon. You don't get to reverse my cards that I. <laughs> <laughs> because I we're think, not playing Magic the I, Gathering, I, motherfucker. I think they chose to gloss over the official final ending to make it a little bit more chipper and a little bit more higher, so people be walking out of the theaters less grim and dour, and maybe on edge to provoke violence. It's what I like. I don't know if they're provoking violence because anyone who well, sees this film and is inspired by it, saying, they had a problem beforehand going in. That's I'm not going to blame this film for any violent actions that happen after it. But I media do think, is media. So. I do think they chose to ended this certain way you're to be referring a little bit more on a lighter we'll note. talk about it in spoilers but you're referring to the scooby-doo ending yes yeah okay i know what you're talking about yes. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down sir uh so some of my <laughs> some of my other uh, some of my other cons are uh, i do feel that this film uh you know while it is you know they say it's taking inspiration from some other films scorsese films who we talked about uh we're, we're, we're talking about taxi driver and king of comedy uh while but the, while they're saying that this derives from those to me as someone who is a scorsese fan and has seen both of those films now king of comedy actually i didn't see that film until i was on justin uh justin and chrissy's so i married a movie geek in the 1980s draft i I had never seen the King comedy and that actually that that was actually a film that was drafted by somebody in in the year that I was on and I had never seen it and people were like dude you got to see it and so I went out and I saw it and then I now I see this film after seeing that and being a big fan of Taxi Driver and having seen that several times through film classes and then on my own this doesn't just derive from those it it, it straight up borrows it's the difference between inspired by and imitating to me and in some ways this doesn't this isn't just inspired by those this at, at times 100% imitates those hmm. and 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 that's that that's a little bit of a con for me because you know I I want something to come out I want it to be fresh and original and there's moments in this and there, a lot yeah. of this film is fresh and original but there are moments in this where I'm watching it and I'm like this is it's I'm not saying rip off or anything like that but I'm heavily just, inspired by like the, the the inspiration got to a point of imitation for me um, and then you know two more cons that I have is not only is this a bleak film it 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 completely smacks of cynicism and while it is a character study it is clearly also satirical commentary on our current environment that we are living in and now i do think that this may have by the time we get to the end and we get to the crowds and the riots and stuff like that that are going to occur that's not really spoilers but i i I felt like this may have had more resonance had this film had come out at a time where maybe some certain people were occupying a certain street in new york uh and Although maybe it would have been too realistic if it came out then. But to me, like, you know, that, that stuff that, that it's, it's not really a con so much that it just reminded me while watching it of the country I live in and the way that I feel while living here now and some of the stuff that I see in media. I saw a lot of that reflected back at me. That 
is a purposeful thing by Todd Phillips, but that doesn't mean that I like to to look at at, at myself in the mirror and right. my country in the mirror and go fuck. And and we may get into that later on, but it, it, it's it's weird. Some of my cons are also some of my positives, but it's it's I know I, I know right. that's what the that's what's so interesting about this movie. And but my biggest con is that it saves the majority of its stuff for the third act. Um, it really draws you in by the third act, and by the third act, I was sitting on the edge of my seat. And when we get to spoilers, there's a moment in this film where I realized I'm a certain type of individual. You either laugh with the cynicism, you either laugh with the depravity, or you know, or you are cringed by it. And there's a moment towards the in in the third act of this film where Joker does something, and I heard audible gasps, and I think you heard me fucking laugh, Jay. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I am. Well, the t- I'm not surprised by you doing I'm that. I'm the type of person that, like, I watch this cynical thing. And there were moments in this where I was like, this is a comedy. Like, this is a dark. This is a black comedy. There were moments where I left. There's a moment where he's killing somebody. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, fuck this. Like, this movie is setting people apart. You're either shocked by this violence or you are on the opposite side of the fence and you are finding the humor in our fucking flawed world because when so many bad things happen, the only thing you can do is just laugh at how depraved it could possibly get. Yeah. I actually, so for the most part, you know, we obviously see Arthur try to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And you see bits and pieces of other comedians, um, you know, performing their shtick and their act. And they might show it. They might have it in the background while Arthur is walking around behind, his, you know, the stage or something like that. Believe it or not, those comedy things, those were the ones that made me laugh. Like, I thought it was actually really funny. Like, for example, there was a. Sh- uh, like, a like Are a, you talking about the Jewish guy and his, and his comments on sex and stuff like that? Yes. The bit on, like, how girls view relationships. Yeah. Or like referring to a car, purchasing a car. Right. And then a guy referring to girls as like trying to find a parking spot. I thought that was fucking hilarious and spot on. (laughs) I didn't find that funny at all. I thought it was so great. Wow. So great. It was my favorite part. It was my most funny, humorous part of the whole movie. Way to start off our pros, Jay, with just complete crickets. (laughs) If you see the movie... Hopefully, you know what I'm saying, and you agree with me. Majority of these people have seen the movie that are listening. I hope so. All right. So let's get into our pros, Jay. Uh, Why don't you start off with pros, man? You didn't have that many cons. I'm hoping that you're you're bringing something to the table here with some of the pros. Right off the bat, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that is my number one pro. Joaquin Phoenix. And I I described this. I know you're not a big fan of his. I'm not. I'm not. But I'll tell you this. While watching this movie, I, I learned what the difference was between acting and performing, right? Like, I wasn't watching an actor. I was watching a performance. Like I was watching a man completely embody his character. Whether you agree yeah. that this character is Joker or Arthur Fleck, to me, I'm going. I re- if you notice, I'm referring to him as Arthur Fleck a lot because sure, that's how I'm seeing. Which this. which I. Th- and I do think that you tend to gra- uh, gravitate towards this whole mythology of method acting. I do. You, I like you, it. I think you do prefer, like, Daniel Day-Lewis. You're a big fan. Um, he's, I'm a big fan of some of his performances. He's, not all of the movies. That's what I'm saying. Because he's chronic. Like, they're very similar as actors. These guys are performance actors. They My completely goes all the way down. And I drink their milkshake. I drink it up. 
It's been a long time since I've heard that name. Uh, I am an oil man. This is my son, H.W. <laughs> I absolutely love that movie. I love that performance. I know. I, 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 I know. do love Dave. I just had to bring it back out again. That's oh, all. my God. What do we do with a traitorous dog? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I just watched Gangs in New York a couple oh, weeks ago. God. God, so it's three hours long, but fuck, it's good. It's yeah. so good. Uh, he, he is good in it. But, oh, he's fantastic. But yeah, I do, I do, I do gravitate towards method acting because I do really enjoy the idea because it's so easy and um, I don't want to give any credence. You, for, you forget about the actor. You right. don't think about the actor. You're watching 100%, exactly. like you said, instead of performance. And that's what I was saying. I, like, I don't want to give any credence to Martin Scorsese or what he said in regards to Marvel films. Well, well, yeah. But while I'm watching Marvel films, I'm 100% aware that I am watching Robert Downey Jr. play this character, right? Like, I, I love Robert Downey Jr. personally. Sort of. I love the character and more stuff so like than that. watching Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker, right? Right, right. Like more so that than you're like I, I, I'm or aw- Arthur Fleck. I'm aware that I'm watching a person play a character, and that that that's not in detriment to Robert Downey Jr. He's just a persona that I like as yeah. an individual, and he plays a persona that I like in movies. And it's tough for me to reconcile the two, which is both a kudos to him, but you know I am aware that I'm watching and I'm watching someone act sure but when I'm watching Joaquin Phoenix in this or when I'm watching Daniel Day Lewis or 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 and I, I hesitate to say this but I'm gonna say it Jay when I watch someone like Shia LaBeouf <laughs> Like LaBeouf, I'm watching somebody embody their character fully to the to to the extent that they are almost doing it in an insane manner, almost. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like like you know when in, when you go back and you look at the Dark Knight and and right. they talk about the journal that right. Heath Ledger created right. and stuff like that. That stuff absolutely fascinates me because I'm that type There's of person. A great backstory, right? But I'm that type of person that I'm not an actor. I've never aspired to be an actor. I don't want to be an actor and stuff like that. But if I was I'm that type of person. You would be that kind of guy. I would be that guy. I know you would. I would I dive know. in, but I, but I were, I would, I would definitely destroy my personal relationships becoming that person. Yeah, and most do. Yeah, exactly. So, which is why Daniel Day Lewis has, you know, quote unquote, rabbit ears retired. Um, but you know, I, I, I really enjoyed his performance in this Joaquin Phoenix performance yeah. because I, at no point did I remember that's the guy from her. That's the guy that swung a baseball bat at an alien and signs, right? Like exactly. he wasn't commodus and, and at all in this film. Like he was, what I'm also really excited about is this is he's, he's reintroducing himself. Like this is probably, going to be the most watched movie of his career i mean for people to see his performance like other than sta- other than uh, gladiator yeah i guess but like that was so long ago that was 2000 um so the, over the last 20 years you have generations of people who are going to be going back into his filmography and watching old performances of his right. that are fan fucking tastic so so uh some some other some other pros oh the I score i have to say the score the see, score was fantastic to i me. didn't like it i thought it was muted oh i, I loved it, was, it. that was muted it ramped up right at the right times when there was but it was it was too muted throughout and stuff oh I, it played throughout and, it, and i oh, again, no, i thought it changed so, up at the right times it's and something that really punched I like up the sound i thought the i thought the score really punched itself up in the third act to match what was going on but it was a little bit too muted throughout the throughout the first two uh, acts oh, i liked it um, i liked it a lot I didn't, I didn't hate it at all so and, and and quickly just i wouldn't just have pro- commented on the score at all unless you did but you and, did, and the so production I, values and uh cinematography i thought was really well done so as that's well. so, so that's my, my my final pro of it um was that it was a well-crafted film that is both gruesome and 
beautiful at the same time. Absolutely. M- much in a way that 1980s New York was portrayed mm-hmm. in in Scorsese films. Like like I said, this is Gotham in name only. This is 100% 1980s New York. Um, I, I, I heard it twice. Yeah. From what I can re- recall. Once later in the movie and then once very early in the movie. Um, other than that. Robert De Niro's re- character says it. At one point. Okay. And it's also on all of the people's badges that are in Arkham State Asylum. Yeah. And there was a news report earlier in the film, too, that said right. Gotham. But, you Gotham know, whatever. Is, they, yeah. they don't overly just knock it over your head. But obviously, you could tell. This is just a classic. What you would not right. just not just say New York, I mean, but also what you always envisioned Gotham to be as well. One of our two main, I, right? I say antagonists. I always envisioned Gotham to be the 80s New York, the late 70s, 80s New York. It's true. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to if you're gonna separate yourself from the art deco type of of Gotham that, that we've gotten in a lot of other media, like, you know, the 1989 Batman and the Batman the Animated Series, then, then it, when you think of Gotham, them you think of this dirty crime ridden i can't help know, it hazy, it's just what i think of it just just right hazy. my knowledge of it all but i grew up with the Burton. right the sun never shines in gotham which exactly. is why superman never shows his face there because he would just be weaker <laughs> because because all the smog is just covering it up yeah. and uh you know i i think you know the fact that one of our main antagonists in this film hashtag release the snyder cut <laughs> Uh, one of our main antagonists of the two is 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 a Wayne, you know, that also grounds it in 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 this in this universe where you still know what's going on. It's just one of the things, and and one of my pros and also a con of the film is the fact that our narrator is completely unreliable. Mm. We're seeing this film through the eyes of someone who Which is completely is unreliable. Which is throwing a lot of people. Right. for a loop because i think a lot of people don't see that coming well we'll get into and it. how can you because it's shot in a way where it's just there's no filter right we'll get into it in the sports there's no hollywood stuff. sheen to this movie it's very raw we'll in get your in, face we'll get into the 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 themes of it and and like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff or a, a, a lot of the spoiler stuff coming up here real soon but uh I, I, my final pro is that i actually like the open-ended ending I liked the fact that there was a lot left up to the audience. I like the fact that this film has sparked so much discussion that I'm I'm watching two camps of exactly. people fight each other over whether this was a brilliant movie or whether this was a sick, sadistic, you know, movie that no one should like. I, you know, I, I I like watching both sides of the coin. I like that this has a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. The fact that it's a film that is number one at the box office, that it seems like a lot of people in our circle who and we deal 9. with 9.0 in IMDb. Right, right. Which right. is rare. A lot of people that like that in our circle that you and I deal with love it, but there is this other type of people who just aren't going with it. And I love I the think f- they just don't have the stomach. I like the fact that this that this uh that this, you know, is 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 sparking this level yeah. of discussion whether Todd Phillips in, intended for that to happen. I don't know, but the fact that that was the result actually goes towards a positive for the film. Jay, what's your score for it, man? What do you got for this film? A minus. A minus. All right. So, I I'm just one step below you. I'm a B plus on it. Um Yeah, I w- I was teetering on the edge between B plus and A minus, but the f- the look, sheer look, fact honestly, that this has so much discussion and so much uh yeah. resilience uh, and, and and meet to really just digest and talk about. So here's my that, big question right, for you. Alone is in rewatchability. You've seen it twice. I've seen it twice. What's your what's your feeling on when you would want to watch this again? How how much time? What's your um, time? Nine months. Mine's like three years. I'm good. I'm good. Like I I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I saw it twice. 
I, I could definitely see myself it's seeing like, it after the awards. I'm a big buyer of movies. Like, I buy movies when they come on home video because I love Oh, would I buy this movie? No. no neither am I. Not but I, I would catch... This is definitely a once a year, I think, for me, for the most part. So I could see myself doing it. Just for... But like we were saying, for the sheer performance alone, the subtleties, all the little mannerisms. Now, granted, the okay, we didn't even get into this. What do you think of the laugh? Yeah, I'm fine with it. They, they, it's iconic and it's heavily I don't think shown it's like, in this movie. I don't movie. think it's iconic. I, I don't think it's definitely No, I'm not. saying the Joker laugh is iconic. Right. But I'm saying this laugh is heavily shown in this movie. It fits it fits the character that they built, but does it but does it fit with my ideals of what the Joker is? No. But we'll get into that in spoilers okay. because like my iconic Joker laugh is, you know, it's, well, it's I know it's Mark Hamill. It's Mark Hamill. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, I mean like that Jay is my iconic Joker laugh because it's different every time. But there's a, a there's genuine laughter in it, but sure. there's also a lot of pain and a Cynical, lot of yeah. a lot of cynicism yeah. in it as yeah. well. Like Mark Hamill, I mean, fuck, dude! Like the dude really found his presence as an actor in front of a microphone in a sound booth. <laughs> like he's his a lot of people do. His voice acting is far better than anything he's ever put on a screen that 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 that's been in theaters other, other than Mask of the Phantasm. But that's my Joker. Does this beat? my joker no it doesn't i'm a b plus on it because of the because of 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 the boredom that i felt in the beginning of it but you know what really lifted it for me was all this conversation that it sparked the fact that me and you talked about it for almost 45 minutes after the film standing outside waiting to go to our cars and stuff like that it left me with a lot to chew on which means that it, this film did its job. It invoked an emotion from people. Uh, I just wish that it, it gave me a little bit more to chew on early on in the film. I don't, like I said, I, as a whole, I don't know how they would have done that. I, yeah. yeah I but know. I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah. You know, I just watch them, I enjoy them, and then I talk about them on a microphone. Like that's, that, that's what I do. So, Jay, let's get into our spoiler section. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, Jay, spoilers. While we were discussing it, I said there was a moment where <laughs> I started to laugh, and it's the moment where Joker shoots Murray right in the fucking face, <laughs> right where right where Robert De Niro gets shot in the face. I don't know why. I don't know what the buildup was to that, but there was a moment where I audibly went... <laughs> It's like is it, it is it because you, you you're you're disconnecting Murray and De Niro and no. you just think that it's like oh it's De Niro getting shot in the head no not at all I think what it was was the shock of the moment right even though I knew it was coming but right. the fact that like it's, well we all knew it was coming we just didn't also, know if it was going to be him right. or himself it's also joy at the fact that like yeah. they did this like holy shit yeah. like they actually did this like fuck, yeah fuck yeah. they fucking did this holy yeah. shit but I it loved was, it yeah but it was also it was also comedy through depravity right like you and i have both seen i think you've seen this you've seen the documentary the aristocrats right where like they that where all these stand-up comedians talk about this joke the aristocrats where the entire point is you take a family and they perform an act and they go to a talent agent and they perform the act in front of them and the whole point of the joke is that you try to see how much you how much depravity you can fit into this joke before someone gets you to stop and 
in my mind, this film filled me up with depravity and it got me to a point where I was like, holy shit, I was annoyed by the depravity at mm-hmm. this point. But at the point that it puts it in my face and it blows someone's brains down on live TV, I go. <laughs> it's like a, sh- a moment where I was just like. It was a it was a cathartic release. Exactly. Because it was had this, all this pent up build up throughout the whole film. And then. Um, like I'm the type of person who has something extremely so, emotional happen to me and I will cry my eyes out but by the time I'm done crying well he has three I start to laugh well, and that's me as a person he has three kill scenes four kill scenes I'm sorry four kill scenes in the whole movie I'm the sorry. first one when he killed the tall guy with the beard and the midget was in it by the way the little person that is in that the door to who's in that that was the third one is a callback to his original to his original sidekick in the comic book so there's yeah. a little bit of an easter egg in him being there yeah. but I started like cracking up when he killed that guy because I was like holy shit he doesn't give a fuck and like uh, like to I, me I loved it because all of it all that white makeup on on his oh, face was sunshine, creepy as shit like the sun just coming it's, the sun and right, just his, the, his the first, brutality and, the, and it reminded me of like Drive or something like that like the, the visceral like head blood smashing it was very the sound effects on that shot right. was but they oh, also like so his first killing was on a dark subway and the lights were going right. out his like completely different though the next killing we completely see a different vibe is in broad daylight it's almost like he's embraced it like i'm sorry it's technically his third killing because he smothered his mother yeah no the second one was the mother smothering right but that's also done in darkness and stuff like that Not almost really Almost like, but it, there's, there's, it, I'm just saying the aesthetic of oh, okay. the scene. Yeah. There's almost like a shame in that, right? Like we're yeah. supposed to be like, oh god, like I'm supposed to feel bad. Like, oh, that was the that's beginning your of mother, his turn, right? And like when he kills the three guys, you're like, oh no, that's too far. Like as a person watching that, you feel this, like killing those the, those three guys on the train, that's too far. Smothering your mother, that's too far. Killing this guy in your apartment in broad daylight, I'm joyous. Right, because the scene has been set up for me to agree with him in this killing, and so is the evolution of Joker. Exactly, right. And we—it's like- almost like we are going on this journey along with him. So let's to evolve this. into this, um, not just his feelings throughout his killings. In this movie, I don't think but he has our experience. I don't think he has feelings. and our emotional experience going through these Here's kills. The, I don't think he has feelings anymore. I think he only has delusions. I think the I think the feelings have literally been beaten out of him. No, I didn't get into this well, in my cons. not just that, but he's off his meds completely too. I thought there was way too many moments of 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 him getting beaten up and stuff like that. Where you know, it's like I. A little bit too long with scenes. Hundred percent, right? Like, I got the vibe that he is that he's part of the downtrodden. He's part of the ninety nine percent. Sure, like he's he's one of us, right? Like, like yeah. that's that's what it is. It's just that you know, it, it's just like any extremist activities where it's like you can get behind the message, but you can't get behind the action. And and that's how I felt like towards the end of this film. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, which I didn't get to ask you when we were finished watching the film together, did he kill Zazzy Beats? The first time watching this movie, I, I, I did not think so. The second time watching it, I think so. 100%. He killed, yeah. he, he killed her. He did. He killed I her. Think so. I think I think the scene at the end of the film. I don't know about the kid, but, I, but yeah, definitely her. The scene at the end of the film where you know he's speaking with the psychiatrist yeah and we know that he killed her based on the bloody footprints i think that to me the second time i watched it confirmed that he killed zazzy beats because yeah. he's killed anyone else in his life who has lied to him the, and has and and and, and the whole flow that scene him. it made all right. the sense now in the she world. didn't lie to him or slight him in any way in his personal life but in his head in his fantasies she has 
by her not remembering who he was. And even for the whole the slight joke of shooting herself in the head in the elevator, he's doing it for fun. In my mind, and he feels like he's doing her a favor because he thinks that's what she really wants. In my wants. mind, she's dead and child social services now yeah. has that baby. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah absolutely. Um, I, th- I think I got. I, I I think you are in agreement with a lot of other. Thanks people. for asking that because actually that's one of the things that I took away as something new so from the second watch. That's something I found out while while like talking to other people about this film. There's like camps of people like the people who think that this film is far too depraved are like nah he didn't kill her. But the people who think that this film is appropriately depraved mm-hmm. and takes you are like <laughs> she's definitely dead. And I think me and you are both in agreement. Like she's yeah, but that dead. definitely took me a second because time watching it. She slighted his ego. If you asked me that after the first viewing, I would have right. said no. She did not. She slated his ego and the fantasy that he had built up in his head. Mm-hmm. And we've seen throughout the film that that's enough for people to die. Oh, right? and he was. He was Joker then. Yeah. He was done. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, was, he, he was becomes Joker in the second act, even though he never yeah. takes on the moniker he, until the third. Yeah. He was no longer Arthur uh, at all. So, I mean, really, other than that, let's like I mean, the fact that he believes that he is is Thomas Wayne's son and his mother was crazy. And it turns out it's like a hereditary thing. Do, do you think that's all in his head or do you think that that is it doesn't matter because this is all from an unreliable narrative standpoint, right? Like his crazy mother. I, I liked that. I liked the idea and the nod to it. I thought I, it was kind of cute. I like the idea that like none of this can be true. Like all of this may have been told to you, but none of it is true, right? Like yeah. it's like watching the news, right? It's like watching CNN. It's like watching Fox News. It's like watching MSNBC, mm-hmm. where it's like it's being presented to us, but because it's paid for by advertisers who want them to present it into to us in a way in a certain sheen, right? Yeah. That that I feel like this film is is purposely doing that to us, where it's sending it to us in this way, where it's like it, 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 they want you to see it this way, but that's not the way that maybe it is. That's why it comes from an unreliable narrator like Joker or like Arthur Fleck. And by the time we 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 get to that stuff, I honestly didn't care whether he was whether he was Thomas Wayne's son or not. I didn't care. I didn't need a paternity test. Like I didn't need no. I didn't need Maury Povich to stand up there and just be like. Thomas Wayne, you are the father. I didn't need any of that. Like yeah. I just, I like the fact that he believed it was enough for me to go with the character and understand his motivations moving forward, even though his motivations may be unfounded. But it doesn't matter. That's your character's motivation in a character study film. Sure. So yeah, um, absolutely. Finally, like the, one of the things that like I I wanted to discuss with you was like the ending of this film, right? Like yes, he shoots please. Murray. We don't actually see him getting arrested, but he's in the back of a police car. He causes the riots that are going on in, throughout the city mm-hmm. around everybody, mm-hmm. and because of those riots, it causes an ambulance to crash into the cop car. The everyone drags him out, and in this weird way, much like the temptation of Christ, and that he's lifted up right like well he's he's lifted up and he propped on the on the cop car until he wakes up because he's unconscious in a christ-like position jay yes true in a crucifix form right right no you're right you're right Uh, you're absolutely right and it makes sense now so when someone tells me that this film does not glorify violence this is where it hundred percent does because right before that or during this they, time, this is where the score got me when it swells up with I, him waking up. And- that was where okay. Now, is it during this sequence? It, I think it is where we see the Waynes get killed. Yes, yes. That I did not need that. 
I did. Um, that's that's where it makes it a Joker for movie. a comic book guy like me ties it to my universe, but the ending leaves it ambiguous and open enough that I'm hearing it from an unreliable narrator who may or may not be the Joker, and that's what everyone has said who's been involved with this film is this may or may not be the Joker, maybe, and a lot Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix have both been asked this, and they've both kind of given softball answers where it's like, is this Joker? Because the age difference between Bruce Wayne and Joker is far too great to fit into it. And they go, maybe it's Joker or maybe it's a guy who inspired the Joker, right? Like maybe Mm. the incitement of those riots and this and this figure for a brief 15 minutes of Gotham fame inspired the Joker in the future. But he was called Joker on national TV before he killed a public figure. So? Okay. I guess it's just, I Super get, Mario it, I, Brothers existed before me and you were super movie bros, right? Right. We're right, taking right. We're, we're taking a, a, a an idea an idea and yeah. and changing yeah. it to meet our yeah. own our own no, means. I mean it makes sense. Um so for me as a film goer, film Jay's in the corner style ending, I would have preferred it to end ambiguously with him on top of the cop car. With the uprising and the and the score roaring up, and then all of a sudden it just right. That's it for me. That would have been enthralling, right. but that's exactly where the ending I where it would have gotten shot. a lot of crazy. I love that riled shot. up at the very end. Oh, that sticking yeah. his fingers in yeah. his mouth, With pulling the blood. the blood out, and so giving good. himself the, the 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 so good the grin. I also loved. At the same time, it's completely different because it completely cuts to the psych ward where he's getting interviewed and he's thinking about this joke. And there's that quick flash of Bruce just standing there with his dead parents laying next See, to him. See, that's the way you, you you look at it, right? To me, I watch that scene where he's like, and he tells the, you're talking about the sub where he tells the shrink, you wouldn't get it. Yes. The joke. And, like, and then right there, you wouldn't get it. And then it just ends right there because For he's me, thinking of. What if a Batman or like what if no. what if something happens? That's not the kid? joke, Jay. The joke is on you and me. You wouldn't get it. None of us are gonna get it. Like that's the joke. The hmm. joke is on you, the joke is on me. That's the way I took that final scene. Oh. The joke is on all of us. I, we, didn't, I didn't take it that way. And if you told us the truth, we wouldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they leave it yeah. ambiguous for that reason. Like okay. that's the way I took that final line. Interesting. But also like that's the whole that, that that's the Joker's whole thing, right? Like in the killing joke in the comic book, like he he talks about like, you know, a, a flock of geese almost caused the the you know, the USSR to fire uh nuclear missiles at the United States because they thought that it was a stealth bomber coming in to bomb them. That's funny, right? And it's like, no, no one thinks that's funny. Yeah, you don't get it. Like that's like that's what you like none of us get it. We can't get insane. If you're not insane, you can't get it. You don't understand it. Right. But like the joke is really on us. Like we're like you don't you don't get it. None of us get it. And 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 I think the thing that none of us get is that this isn't a Joker movie. This is a movie about Arthur Fleck, who calls himself the Joker. Hmm. Who happens to exist in a fictitious world, in a fictitious city called Gotham. With some characters that overlap with our ideals of Gotham. But and, wouldn't, why wouldn't you just call it Joker anyway? Like, wouldn't the Joker? You could. Wouldn't Joker be the same way anyway? You could. DC as owned, author? I, I often thought of this because the Joker is always referred to as the Joker. But this film is called Joker. 
not the Joker. Right. So I thought like if if this film came out and like Warner Brothers like let's say sued the production company because this film was called Joker and mm-hmm. it was a guy in clown makeup doing all these depraved things that existed in 1980s New York blah 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 because it derived from their character like I think that you would have an argument to say like no I just have a crazy clown it had a crazy clown why didn't why didn't you, why didn't you sue them oh wait because you made that movie right like the fact that like the only reason this is called Joker is because it's produced by Warner Brothers yeah maybe I yeah. I, I think this film would 100% exist without the Joker moniker and it would 100% be a film that had a I agree. I just think it would be tailored. $20 million budget and maybe would have made $50 million in the box office well, if right. it didn't have the Joker. But I think but. it would have been tailored a different way. And honestly, it probably would have been, well, depending on how it was tailored, it could have been an awards movie still, or it could have been a campy action movie that would just be straight up for Blumhouse Productions. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It would be one or the other. This th- it depends on who would be making it. It's a little bit more art house than let's say like the Purge films, but like yeah. it's just as depraved, right? Like it, it it is getting into the fact that our society. I sent you a text message that that was basically I I really do feel like the entire point of this film is that our society creates its own villains. Like what I'm saying is like in our own society. Like if you think about the way we went over to to the Middle East in the 80s and stuff like that, and we helped the Taliban fight the russians because we we're in the middle of the cold war come come to find out now the taliban's against us that is america creating its own villains so like that's the way like i watch this film where it's like our own society in in the structure that we have and how broken that it can be at times winds up creating its own villains like the joker is a product of the society that we have built right, right. the rich beat up on the poor on the train and 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 he get and and he kills them right that train sequence which was fantastic which inspires him to to let loose a little bit and the fact that he's off his meds and stuff like that you know he starts to live his true self he starts to live his best life Mm -hmm. and his best life is this person that he becomes and it's like maybe he always would have been that type of person but if our society wasn't the way it was it never would have brewed to the surface but it did because we cut funding to 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 mental health yeah to support something else our society still a real issue and that's that's one of the big messages of this film look jay you and i have talked a lot about this movie there's a lot of things to digest in it and i think everybody at home who's listening has 10 different things that they took away from this film that you and i didn't talk about so i i really encourage all of you to reach out to us on twitter hit us up privately whatever yeah. let's just have a fun yeah, discussion if, if we all. follow you hit us up on the dms uh if you follow us on facebook super movie bros podcast on there so i want to thank all of you guys for listening you can follow us on twitter all of our movie cocktails if you follow us at super movie pod on twitter you can actually go to twitter and type in hashtag movie cocktail and you'll see all of our movie cocktail episodes you can follow jay on facebook Super Movie Bros podcast. You can also follow Jay on Instagram, Super Movie Bros on there. I am also on Instagram. However, it's more of my personal Instagram. It's SMB Dave on, on Instagram. I just like to post stuff sometimes about the show, sometimes about my personal life, but you can follow me over there. Please, 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 please. If you're enjoying the show, we really need your reviews. Whatever platform you listen to us, please leave us a five-star review. We need those reviews for us to grow as a show. We also run a Patreon 
Patreon. Me and Jay currently have a movie cocktail up on Patreon that is for Captain America and our top five Captain America moments. And coming up, we will have Jay's reactions to his first time seeing 2001 A Space Odyssey. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.